right. So this week we're going to begin diving into trust and faith. Uh, one of my favorite subjects. So I'm excited for this. I'm uh, feeling charged after a nice break from, for me from doing classes. So let's take this breath of love and gratitude and be so grateful and so thankful that love is all that there is. Love is all that we are. So grateful and so thankful to open our hearts and minds to the highest possibility of love, divine wisdom, divine intelligence are unfolding, revealing themselves in our awareness. We partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self for the purpose of remembering and recognizing the truth that sets us free, we are grateful. Grateful and thankful to open ourselves to the fullness of God's love and living in the light. We are grateful to share our healing, our expansion, our clarity with everyone because we are one with them. In gratitude, we allow the healing to be. In gratitude, we know it's done, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yeah. So I'm going to do a little bit of housekeeping first and uh, just say that new prayer partners will be coming this week. Uh, we... Uh, I do my best to give you three to possibly four, if possible, uh, prayer partners per year. Uh, and uh, it, it really makes a difference overall in the connection and the strength of the community. And uh, what I have found in the past is usually after the first, um, at the first uh, completion of a prayer partnership, um, people, I get a whole flurry of emails from people saying, I, I want to keep my current prayer partner and I do not wish to change. And um, I totally understand that. I really do a lot of times, not always, but many times the first prayer partners have a very strong bond, and which is a, a beautiful and amazing thing. And so... Uh, you do not have to relinquish your first prayer partner. They can be your prayer partner for the rest of your life. And I would like to invite you to take a new prayer partner uh, that will be the main, uh, your prayer partner for the next segment, uh, approximately eh, two and a half to three months. And uh, I, I really just wait until I kind of feel it, and then I know it's time. And um, so you can have two prayer partners. Or, and, and I, people have done many different things. Uh, so some people still have all these prayer partners that they talk with on a regular basis. Sometimes they talk to... Uh, because people who've been in class with me for five years, uh, usually in years two, three in Ascension Pathway, they get four prayer partners a year. And so um, you can imagine after four or five years, you have quite a few prayer partners. And uh, some people will talk to maybe half of them once a month, 
and a couple of them once a week. It's all different, you know, because you become friends, you become very connected. But for those who do travel on to uh, year, further and further years of masterful living, there's such a depth of connection. For instance, in our Ascension Pathway class, so many people in the class have been prayer partners with every other person in the class that there's a depth of connection and transparency and bonding and um, understanding of each other that uh, it's deeply nourishing. It's really profoundly healing and beautiful. So uh, the way that we create that that beautiful space together is through having multiple prayer partners. And um, I, I get for some people that's easy peasy, it's no big deal. But for other people, that connection, that intimacy, that willingness to be transparent and, and to connect on a regular basis uh, with someone new, for some people, it's really challenging. It's really challenging. For some people, they have so many excuses why they can't do it. Uh, and um, all kinds of things get in the way. And it's an opportunity for us to see what will allow us to get in the way of having unconditional love and compassion in our lives. Are we really willing to let people see us and love us and accept us. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I enjoy so much doing the one-on-one -on -one conversations with people because it's an opportunity to really get to know people more deeply, more intimately. And uh, one of the things even today I was talking about with people is how um, really the, one of the most healing parts of Masterful Living is the prayer partners because we're allowing ourselves to give and receive love without judgment because we, we tend to really practice it more in the prayer partnerships. Not that you still won't have judgments coming up. That's just, that's how our life is. I have judgments come up every single day, multiple times a day, but I, I don't need to put stock in them. Sometimes I do for a minute, but then I let it go. I feel the disturbance, I let it go. I feel the divine alarm clock going off and I let it go. And so if you feel challenged at the idea of having a new prayer partner, know that that feeling challenged feeling is an opportunity for healing. The feeling is an opportunity for healing. And uh, one of the things I trained myself to do when I was younger uh, was to, uh, I, I know Rosalind, she, she's there tonight and she's in year two. She, she's a therapist. She taught me the term counter phobic. I'd never heard that before. Uh, and uh, I just love it because I know for me, many times that was precisely what I have done is I felt threatened or afraid of something. I felt too vulnerable about something. And I would just say, okay, fine, I'll go first. 
let me go first, you know, and um, as a way of just getting kind of ripping the bandaid off and allowing myself to just move into it before I could cogitate too much about um, the threat or the worry. And so all of this really does lead us into the topic of trust and faith. So can we have faith? Can we have trust in spirit to arrange for us the perfect prayer partner? Can we have trust and faith that the perfect prayer partner is being arranged for us? I don't know about you folks, but I've definitely had the experience of um, meeting someone that I felt an aversion to that later became someone so dear to me, so dear to me. One of my very best friends, she had a total aversion to the man who became her husband. She thought he was an idiot for years. Just thought he was an idiot. But for the last 25 or 30 years, she's totally adored him. She, she's flipped the switch in her mind. She was willing to see who he really was and not the projection that she perceived of him. And that's what prayer partners can help us with. You know, they really can help us work with our mind in the, in the most beautiful ways. So if you, if you feel tempted to write to me and say, can I please just keep my first prayer partner? My answer will always be yes, and you can have a second one too. <laughs> so uh, not taking away your first prayer partner, but just saying, let's add another one. And then, you know, a lot of times if you try and have the same amount of time with the first prayer partner and you don't have what feels like an abundance of time, then you can put yourself in a challenging situation and trying to um, do, do more than really is comfortable for you. And, and so, again, it's a matter of practicing trust. Can you trust that the relationship and the intimacy that you've enjoyed, if you have indeed had that experience, not everyone does, but if you have, can you trust that that relationship can evolve and become, uh, you know, something more uh, close to friends? I've definitely, I know all kinds of stories of prayer partners going to visit each other and just all kinds of things. And each prayer partnership is unique too. Some people, um, uh, many times over the years, I know people who have been prayer partners where they met seven days a week for 10 minutes. That was how they did their prayer partnership. They, they wanted to pray together every single day and 10 minutes would do it for them. And, um, and then maybe they might occasionally have a longer conversation. And uh, for some people, they really wanted to have an hour. For some people, an hour is not enough. For some people, an hour is way too much. So you can find your own way with it as long as, like I say in the, in the guidelines, make that agreement ahead of time. And if you'd like to change the agreement, negotiate that. Uh, and, and be willing to be transparent. To say, I'd like more time, I'd like less time. And be willing to not take any of it personally. 
Like that, that's a really important practice in order to be masterful. We, we've got to learn to not take things personally because we have different styles, different lifestyles, different, all kinds of things different. So uh, new prayers, prayer partners are coming. And um, to the best of my ability, I'm going to try and match you with someone who is in your sacred circle, if you're in a sacred circle. Not everybody's in the sacred circles. Uh, if you have not been in a sacred circle, but you would like to be, will you write to Angela at jenniferhadley.com and let her know we can pop you right into a, a sacred circle right away. Um, and we can give you the training if you need training on the, the Zoom technology. Um, I've been uh, talking with a lot of you, and uh, I, I have yet to hear anyone say that the sacred circles uh, weren't wonderful, so really valuable. So any questions at all on prayer partners or sacred circles? Would anybody, um, and I'm just wondering, um, let's see. You know, I see Rosalind there and Sean and Carla. Um, Rosalind, I don't know that you've shared that much in this class, or Sean, would you want to say... Um, about having multiple prayer partners? Like to say anything? Sure. Um, um, see. How many of you had now? Um, let's see. Um, um, am I, can you hear me? I hear you perfectly. But I don't see you. Let's see. I don't know where you, oh. Okay. Um, That's okay. I can, I can, we can hear you. Um, I, I think I've had, um, Maybe, maybe six or seven. I haven't really kept count. Um, I've I've stayed in touch with everyone somewhat. Um, it's always wrenching to change to the next. For me, it's always a little bit wrenching to get the new partner, um, just because you set. I've settled into something comfortable, um, and right. you know if it's going we've worked it out. What, what I love about it is that you get, I got close to people I might not have chosen to befriend just because our personalities might not have attracted us to each other. And mm -hmm. I've learned from every person and I've learned from every experience. I know one time, and because I am a therapist by training, I kind of got into a role of helping someone. And you said to me when we had our, our check-in, uh, well, how's that for you? You know, I can sense it's great for the other person. And then I, I committed myself with my next prayer partner, I don't care who it is, I am not going to get in that role of being a therapist. Um, it's easy to slide into and, um, and 
it's it's not giving my very best because I'm not being transparent, and um, it's right. I'm setting up something one-sided. So um, right, and from then on, um, I've really done my best not to get into that role, and it's been um, so so gratifying, um, and to appreciate. Um, why I've been put together that it's not an accident that I'm with this person and um, to appreciate the gifts that we have with each other and why we're in each other's lives for this period. So it's been very, very special. Hmm. Thank you. Yeah, it's, um, I think that's such a good and a valuable point, Rosalind. I I can relate to someone who's been a counselor now for 17 years. I can certainly relate to one of my ways of actually connecting, but not making myself transparent and vulnerable is to play the role of, well, allow me to support you. And then I don't get support. Mm -hmm because sometimes I feel more comfortable uh, supporting other people rather than receiving the support. And the other thing I want to say is uh, praying out loud uh, was very new for me. And uh, praying, um, it was, I'd never done it. You don't do it as a therapist. You're not even allowed to in our, um, <laughs> uh, and uh, uh it, it, that has been an amazing gift because now uh, I'm, I'm free to, I feel very free to pray on the spot with anyone. And I would never have received that gift had I not been forced to be in a prayer partnership. I don't think I would have ever raised my hand and signed up for one um, had it not been part of right. I mean, I'd never signed up for anything like that. So but because it was part of a, the uh, masterful living and because I definitely wanted all the gifts, I said, okay, even though I'm not comfortable praying out loud. And, and I yeah. Like, yeah. 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 It's uh, one of my prayer partners has been a prayer partner of mine for 20 years. We were assigned prayer partnership in a class and, um, we uh uh during the t class we never we never got together to pray we never connected to pray but in class we would just say what would you like prayer for and uh we just we kind of kept each other at arm's length i i actually had two prayer partners in the class so i was double dipping so i i had this intimate relationship with my other prayer partner and uh, but the one that i didn't end up speaking to is still one of my very best friends after 20 years so um i wish that we had prayed together then i really do but you know i learned from that so uh yeah it's an opportunity for us to also just see where we have resistance and reluctance and what's that about and to turn it over yeah. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. All right. I see uh, Sean turned on her camera. Uh, uh, 
Sean is in year three, and she sometimes facilitates the community calls. Well, you want to share a little something there, Sean? Sure. Um, I've had prayer partners since I took Finding Freedom, which was probably more than three years ago. And even though that person never went on or really didn't stay in Masterful Living One, um, we continued our friendship mostly through Facebook, and, and we're pretty close. Um, but at the beginning, the prayer partnership was something I really dreaded. I really didn't like at first. I, I never prayed before I started Masterful Living. And, and in, I'm not, I don't feel like that's my best skill is the praying part, but it really encourages me to continue praying and to connect with others in the group. And, and now the prayer partnerships are my favorite part of the class. Um, and, and I can... Mm. And I can echo a lot of the things that um, Rosalind had said. I mean, it's a safe space. Um, sometimes the prayer partners are not people that you would basically choose yourself, but every single case, um, they become close friends. And I've learned a lot from them. And I feel like, um, what the right word is, supplement each other and, and – Something that I'm kind of not as strong at, they support me, and where they're not as strong, I can support them. And um, anytime something comes up, we reach out to each other. Um, <laughs> we have a small group that whenever we need prayers or anything like that, we just text each other and say help. And we say we're there for each other, and it just gives you a sense of um, comfort knowing that other people are there for you anytime you need somebody to speak to, whether it's good or bad. Some, you know, we always like to share with each other and I'm very happy to be part of it. And thank you, Jennifer. And thank you, everybody. Mm, thank you, Sean. I, um, and, and, uh, you know what's wonderful too. I, I I thought of as you were speaking, Sean, because I've you were you've been at a couple of events, weekend events that right. I participated and, in. And, and the relationship them have been totally um, life changing. Um, we just meeting each other in person has even been. I wouldn't even say better. I mean, it's just different experience and it just brings everybody closer together. And, and, and when we were in Utah a couple months ago, I mean, we all ate every meal together. We went to each other's rooms. We had barbecues. It was, we shared personal stories and everybody has um, something to add, you know, something it's, it's beautiful. It really is. And I never was like this before. I think I, 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 I think I was internally, but it's helping me to come out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's the whole thing is as we drop the self-judgment and the judgment of others, it becomes easier and easier to make connections that are powerful and healing and nourishing and, and real. Mm-hmm. And, and I have... I have one more, you know, I've been going through some changes in my life and, and, and I don't think that I'd be able to handle it without, without this group, without the community. And I don't know. I, I don't even know what more to say. It's great. 
And I have partners yeah. that, um, that quit that I never spoke to. I have partners that, um, but they all added something, I think, as what you had mentioned earlier, that, I, you know, you can't take it personally and, and everything, every relationship is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Beautifully said. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, that's another wonderful thing is when we get together, um, it's at a retreat and things like that. It's just so yummy to see the people that you've been prayer partners with, that you've been in class with. It's really, it's, it, 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 the more we, we do this together, it is like family coming together and um, it's wonderful. So uh, again, uh, if you're not in a sacred circle and you'd like to be, you weren't ready before you're ready now, just let Angela at jenniferhadley.com know and uh, we'll, we'll put place you in a, a sacred circle. Is there are sacred circles I think almost every day, if not every day, different times of the day and so different days of the week. And so, uh, yeah, I'm sure we can find one that works for you. <sighs> All right. So um, how many of you have read Lorna Burns' book, Angels in My Hair? Just by a show of hands, those who are here. So a handful of you, but not all of you. Um, I, I thought, uh, I, I, I highly recommend the book. I like, I like all her books. I just really am touched by her uh, and her life and her service, her life of service in so many ways. Um, I really feel the value of her, her contribution and while she's very Catholic uh, in her perspective, she really contributes a lot, I think, to our understanding of angels. And um, Rosalind, who was just sharing a few minutes ago, who's in year two, was just in Ireland, or Ireland, as they say there, and um, got to meet with Lorna. And Rosalind, I just thought it would be wonderful if you could share a few minutes about your experience of being in person with Lorna Byrne. Oh, sure. And I apologize that my, um, my camera's not working today. Um, yes, uh, I, we just got back Friday. Uh, I was meet with her. Uh, I was traveling uh, with three, three couples. There were six of us. And uh, we arranged to have a meeting with her um, and be willing to contribute something to her charity. Uh, she does have more public meetings that you can sign up to, to visit with her. And she answers a lot of questions at the public meetings. Uh, I don't think you can go and expect an angel reading um, at the public meetings because there are too many people. Um, but. Uh, her, the format that she likes for those meetings, because Jennifer Nicole 
um, or Jenny Ridpath, same person, um, saw her at a public meeting and, and what she likes to do is have somebody interview her. Um, and, and you can read, uh, you can listen to um, Jennifer Hadley's interview with her for some, from some years ago. But my experience was, um, especially when she just talked to our group, um, was, was very, very moving. And, and it was moving beyond what the words were that we talked to each other about. She was very, um, very clear in her meeting with each of the three couples um, very straightforward, just like she is in, in Angels in My Hair, just the same simple, unpretentious, clear, gorgeous person. Uh, all of the um, best-selling works um, have not gotten to her ego in the slightest. She's still the same person. Um, she said lots of things to us that were funny and very direct. Um, uh, and um, couldn't, couldn't be said by anybody who wasn't speaking directly to us. They weren't gener generic comments, like she said one of my daughters was stubborn. Um, and uh, but m m more than anything, um, it's what I think her message is, is that we all have a guardian angel, and that from birth that is always with us. And she explains that when we're learning to speak and we're taught that the real world is out there, that it's in the material world, that it's a couch is what's real and the manifestation is what's real, that then we, we teach babies not to see what they have already seen, which is their angels. We teach them that that's pretend and it's not the real world. And so she, that's her explanation of why many of us don't um, have a relationship with our guardian angels. I had the um, question before I went there um, because when I put aside my personality and get quiet, I always hear a voice of direction. And I wanted to know, um, is that my guardian angel? Or I've always thought of that as Holy Spirit. And uh, she says it's one of the same. I asked her that. And um, she wanted very much to know, do I listen? Um, so we had a, a, a jolly discussion of um, how it goes when I listen and when I don't. Because uh, clearly it's much better, even though sometimes the suggestions seem it, it, outrageous to me but um when i listen it all goes really well so i don't know if you wanted more jennifer or uh, if that was kind of what you're looking for yeah no that's beautiful that's beautiful i um i don't know if uh you ever heard me talk about it in class Rosalind, but that's what I've been saying was that what she calls the guardian angel is that higher Holy Spirit self. And um, so I was interesting to hear, interested to hear that you uh, asked her about that. And she confirmed that they are the same. And uh, I, I think reading the book, knowing that is really more expansive 
to me. And that we really do have this wise, wise being who is our own self, always guiding us, looking out for us, directing us. And, and uh, there's never a second, not a moment, not a nanosecond when we're not being completely heard and felt and adored by the angels and our higher self. even in our worst, most despicable moments, you know, the ones we would judge as despicable, the angels still only see our perfection and our beauty. So we can learn to see it too. We see with angel eyes. And, you know, you you do a lot of um, work with people about playing small versus um, having... uh, a larger impact and, and just living through our potential. And she's a great example of someone who, you know, I mean, she, she had great um, yeah. difficulties. And so she's always shied away from the public and she still has those difficulties. Um, but you can see, especially when she uh, blesses people, at the end, and she does this at her public meetings as well, that the angels have taught her that she is authorized. She is um, now a vehicle for them to bless people. And so she almost becomes larger than life when she does the blessings. Um, And I think of that when you're, when, you know, the way you've taught us to pray, and then, you know, we don't need to be a minister, we don't need to be um, an official to bless people. We, you know, we're authorized by something larger than than those certificates, and um, she she becomes only at those those moments. For me, when she's blessing people, she becomes larger than life um, because she's so authorized and is so comfortable now. And I just love that she's still this unassuming person. But now she has this big forum because of her books and because of the angels and actually because of her learning difficulties. Um, we talked some about that, that that made her the right vehicle to be the person, the spokesperson for the angels because she didn't get involved in this world and she was not included in things. So she was available to the angels. And um, anyway, it all makes me smile. Yes, exactly. It's such a good point, Rosalind, that because of her her learning disabilities and the way her family raised her, thinking that she was mentally retarded, um, that they, as she talks about, they, they kind of left her alone a lot. As long as she was content, they were happy to leave her alone. And so she, but she was far from alone because she was talking with the angels and, and because of it, the way she developed her intelligence, her intellect, her personality wasn't through uh, validating herself 
by acquiring lots of information and achieving lots of things. But her, her sense of herself really came from seeing and, and, and really seeing, truly seeing the interconnectedness of all things in all life and um, from the, the precious love that she allowed herself to receive from the angels. Yes. So it makes her a great teacher. Mm-hmm. And she knows yeah. that she has um, a world platform, you know, and especially to poor, poor underserved people of every nationality. She, her heart, because she's been so poor. And um, she says in the book that she tells that story that uh, when they were really poverty stricken, and needed food and needed help, they were turned down because they had a dwelling to live in. Do you remember that part? Um, and so yeah. she still has um, wounds that she's healing through her charity work by reaching out to underserved people. So beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's very much like a saint in a lot of ways, but still a person, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a person walking on the earth with humility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Rosalind. That was wonderful. You're welcome. Yeah. I was eager to hear about your connections. All right, well, let us venture into uh, trust and faith here. And, or, you know what? Actually, does anybody have a question for Rosalind? I should see. Does anybody have a question for Rosalind? She'll be here again. So, um, yeah, I do strongly encourage you to read. Uh, Angels of My Hair, I'd like to do a class later on. We are going to do a class about Ho'oponopono. Uh, and, uh, but first, I'd like to, uh, to talk some about trust and faith. So faith really is this knowing, this inner knowing of who you are, of whose you are, meaning you you are of God, not separate from God, but of God, part of God. And our faith comes from knowing that, from allowing ourselves to really not just believe it, but know it, to remember it is another way to think about it. So that's what our faith is. It's really the knowing of the truth. And so we can practice our faith, we can demonstrate our faith, we can expand our faith. Uh, So faith is not a spiritual quality like love or joy or freedom, but faith is something that we, we have, we practice, that we strengthen. And in every single moment of every day, 
we're either placing our faith in God, in love, or the ego. Just one of those two things. So a lot of times, uh, certainly in A Course of Miracles, people will say the choice is between love and fear, love and fear, love and fear. Uh, I, I prefer to think of the choice as being between um, union or love and separation. And uh, other than love and fear, it's really... To me, it's more helpful to think about the choice as being between love or union and separation. So in every moment, we're placing our faith in love or in separation, in our opinions, our judgments, our perceptions, the meaning we've made of things. So it's just those two choices of where we're going to place our faith in every moment. And you know where your faith has been placed by how you feel. If you feel disturbed, you're, you're not placing your faith in love. You're placing it in your own perception, your own judgment, your own opinion. And your perceptions, your opinions, and your judgments are all, uh, all arrived at by looking at just through the past, through our beliefs. So one of the fastest ways for us to heal our mind is to simply recognize that divine alarm clock going off, that upset, no matter how minuscule it is, no matter how dramatic it is, it's always for the same reason. We're believing something that's not actually true. It's something we've made up. We've come to believe it's not true. We're placing our faith in our perception. A Course Miracle says in Lesson 190, pain is a wrong perspective. It's the perspective of separation. It's the perspective of I am a body. And so when we place our faith in our opinions and judgments, we're leading ourselves to pain in some way, shape, or form, mentally, emotionally, physically. So the correction is to keep placing our faith in love. And this can be intensely challenging for us to place our faith in love. Because every single time we place our faith in love, we're weakening the fear-based ego thought system of separation. Every time we choose love, we are weakening the ego's hold on us. And so for me, that was a very powerful realization that without a doubt, every single choice for love, even if it seems insignificant, it is undoing of the, the ego and the, the feelings of separation and loss and lack and attack and limitation. And so that's how I came to realize the power of making just a single choice and dedicating myself to looking for every opportunity to make another choice for love, another choice for love. Oh, here's another one. I found another one. Oh, here's another one. I found another one. 
And, uh, but prior to my decision to really cultivate a very, very strong faith, I would see opportunities to be loving and to undo the ego. And I think, eh, I don't feel like it right now. You know, oh, I don't have the strength for that right now. I think I'll just keep my opinion. Oh, you know, I'd rather be judgmental right now. Oh, I'd rather feel sorry for myself right now. Oh, I'd rather be angry right now. Oh, you know. And like I just couldn't lift my head enough to see the value of making the loving choice. So for me, this recognition that every choice we make, we're making a choice from where we're placing our faith. And we can train ourselves to place our faith in love. And that, that mechanism of placing our faith in love, it really is about trust. So much about trust. Trust and faith are linked. You know, they, they, they come together. And so our practice of trust is a demonstration of where our faith is. And many of the most painful experiences that we've had, just checking the time here, many of the most painful experiences that we've had come from placing our trust in the ego and pretending, deceiving ourselves that that's not what we did. And now that person let us down. This system let us down. This company let us down. I did what I did in good faith. I placed my trust in them. I thought I was placing my trust in love. And they betrayed me. They let me down. They hurt me. They attacked me. They wounded me. And now my devastation that I feel, it's their fault. They did it to me. And that whole kind of a story is placing our trust in the ego. Because the spirit knows 100% of the time, the higher self, the Holy Spirit, the guardian angel, whatever you'd like to call it, it knows all the time that everything without exception works together for our good. Everything works together for our good. There are no exceptions, none, nada. And I say that even though I talk with people on a regular basis who their loved ones have killed themselves, their loved ones have died, they've had tremendous physical suffering, still I have come to see more and more everything is designed for our good, everything. So I'm gonna invite you to turn within and to consider some betrayal that you've experienced in your life some betrayal that you've experienced in your life 
where you felt devastated, you felt really wounded and hurt by it, and at the time that it happened, you believed that you were placing your faith in love. But in hindsight, maybe, just maybe, you were deceiving yourself. Because sometimes when we've been betrayed, when that's how we hold it in our mind, what we've really done is we've disregarded our intuition that was telling us, don't place your trust here. Don't do it. It's not a good, it's not trustworthy. The person's not trustworthy. The situation is not trustworthy. If you place your trust in this, you could get burned. And in the, the moments of choice, we've said, I don't want to think about that. I'd rather, I'm going to have faith here. I'm going to have faith. But what we were doing really wasn't faith in God, in love. It was faith in this person will bring me what I want. And it's a form of false idolatry. Choosing what we think we want in this world over following our guidance. So I'm just inviting you to see if you can find a time in your life when your intuition was telling you, don't do it. This won't work out. This is not a good idea. Make a different choice. This won't go well. And you brushed all that aside and said, no, I'm going to have faith and put my trust in this situation, in this person. And it did not go well. And then you blamed them, you blamed yourself, you felt betrayed. So the interpretation that you made of it was somebody was bad and wrong. And it's still... See if you can find where it still really haunts you in some way so that we can have a healing. So I'm inviting you to make a few notes about this now. I'm just going to give you a minute or so to make a few notes of what you can remember about the situation, the circumstance. Can you remember your intuition saying this might not be a good idea? Don't move so quickly. Any kind of intuitive guidance that maybe you put brushed aside.
What was your motivation at the time? Can you sense that you were trying to get something? What is it that you were trying to get? You see, when we're trying to get something from the outside and that becomes our motivator, that, that's what A Course in Miracles would call false idols. Because when we're aligned with spirit, we, we really begin to recognize we have everything and that it's about really being gifted in one way, shape, or form with everything that we could possibly need and what we desire if we're willing to receive it. We don't have to earn anything. We don't have to really work hard at things. We can learn to receive, to allow, So it's it's so helpful for us to recognize when we're trying to make things happen, trying to manipulate things in some way, we're trying to get things. It it very frequently leads to disappointment, a sense of loss, a sense of betrayal. And it really is all because of where we're placing our trust and faith. We're thinking we have to make it happen because God is not here for us. We're on our own, so we're trying to make it happen. Our trust is only in our own ability to make it happen. And it's really valuable to look at were you feeling so innocent and taken advantage of? But if you can really see 
anywhere along the way where there was guidance not to go down that path that you disregarded, it actually helps to release the sense of betrayal. Which is freeing, it's liberating, it's part of forgiveness, taking responsibility. So what I'd love to do is to use the breakout and hopefully I'll do a better job than last time and um, give you an opportunity to talk amongst yourselves in small groups uh, about exactly what we've just gone over, what you have learned, uh, an opportunity to share and to discuss it a little bit, compare notes. Because uh, some of the deepest healing, which you may know from your prayer partnerships or your life experience, some of the deepest healing comes from realizing uh, that you're not the only one. I, I, I can honestly say one of the most frequent things I've heard from people in Mass for Living is how healing it was to recognize I'm not the only one with the crazy thinking. So any questions before I put you into your groups? I'm going to put you into groups. I think uh, I'm going to go for groups of three and um, three or four. And uh, and I'll give you 12 minutes, 12 minutes. And I'll let you know when you're halfway and then uh, when there's one minute left. So when you get the message that says um, that it's getting time to leave the group, you have one minute at that point. So you don't have to rush back because you have one minute. Any questions before we do the breakout? Any questions? All right, I don't see any questions. Um, all right, so I'm going to unmute everybody and set the breakout. Um, All right, here we go. Unmute everyone. So, we don't have a lot of time left, but what did you learn? What did you discover? Who had, a, who had anybody have a major aha? Anybody have a minor aha? All right, no ahas. No, nobody learned anything, Rieko. Um, well, I just wanted to share that what you said, Jennifer, about how healing it can be to hear other people talk about their experiences and know that you're not the only one. 
um, I, I really, really felt that this breakout session, um, that hearing other people's experience um, and sometimes the judgments that they made about that experience, like I, um, it was so much easier for me to have compassion for them and also helps me have compassion for myself to know that I, I'm not the only one. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Beautifully said. Yeah, thank you, Rieko. Thank you. Mm. Anybody else like to share? Any insights or wisdom gleaned? Jeannie. Uh, keep trying to press the little unmute button in my picture frame instead of the bottom. And for, anyway, um, I, the thing that I really liked that someone else in the group shared was um, essentially um, from A Course in Miracles, which is, I don't know what anything is for. Like, I, I'm really pissed. I thought this was what I wanted and I didn't get it. But um, what I got was better instead. And um, for me, I really loved, I can't hear that enough because when I'm in a place where I, I feel like I don't know and I feel like this is the one thing that feels solid or I should you know, go for that. And it's putting my, um, yeah, it, it, it's like, no, trusting, I don't, I don't know. And just to keep listening and, and that's what's hard for me is trusting and listening, you know, and the waiting. Yeah, I, I think that's um, really key and helpful to understand, Jeannie. I'm glad you said that because, we, we learn to become familiar with the way our intuition comes to us. We learn to become familiar with what it feels like to resist it, to trust it. Uh, all of the, the mystery starts to go out of it. I, I remember for so long I was deeply pained by what I felt like was the mystery of why am I repeating these patterns? What is really going on here? Why is it so hard for me to choose love? Why am I so attached to my judgments and, and uh, really feeling so pained by the, the confusion? By And of course, we all have our different patterns that we're healing. And for me, one of my main life patterns is confusion feeling confused by other people's feelings, by what they do, by my own feelings, confusion, lots, lots of despair over the confusion and feeling like I'm, I'm lost inside this world, in, in this world of form. And uh, for much of my life, it has felt very surreal to me. And uh, that was confusing to me. I have spent long periods of time where I felt like everything and everyone was at arm's length. I couldn't bring them close. And uh, just all kinds of different confusing patterns that I've been working with in my mind. And when I really decided to practice placing my faith 
in love, placing my faith in God, the confusion quickly disappeared. And by quickly, I mean a couple of years, you know. And that, that's pretty quick when you're, you know, in your 40s. You know, if you can make huge progress towards peace after 40 years of feeling like, you know, just think, think of a string of expletives, you know, just like a sailor swearing, you know, that's how it felt a lot of the time to me. To go from that to really feeling like, hey, I like it here. There's good stuff about this planet. I like it here. I like having a human experience now. So that was worth a couple of years of just practicing having faith in love, choosing love instead of my own opinions and judgments. Does that actually address what you were sharing, Jeannie? Yeah. 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 Any other final thought? Rieko? Um, so regarding confusion, I actually have a question because um, when we feel resistance to do something or go a certain direction, yeah, how do we know if it's our intuition or spirit telling us that that's not, that's not the way versus it's our ego putting up a fight because if we go that way, we're going to um, realize our true self or um, start living in love. Um, sometimes that, that distinction of where it's coming from is really difficult for me to decipher. Yeah, you're not alone in that. Believe me, not at all. That, that, and, and to me, this is something that we learn. We really, we learn the difference in how it, I, I think the, the best way I can s describe it with words is to say that you learn to feel the difference and it could be all manner of feeling so um because there's we all know that the feeling of resistance and reluctance because you just know it's not the right thing to do it's not the right thing to do so you're even though people are saying come on come on you know, come on, come smoke the crack with me, you know, come, you know, or someone's trying to uh, persuade you to have sex and you don't really feel comfortable, you're in that weird space, um, and like, oh, you know, uh, it's, um, your friends are saying, you know, come have a drink and you're, you, you know, you need to get up early in the morning, you know, there's that kind of resistance to being coerced um, and then there's the kind of resistance that is um, you know this is really you have some sense that geez if you could just your intuition is saying go across the room and talk to that guy or that gal you know go over the, call call them and tell them you really want that job 
you know, call them and uh, invite them to the party. And your personality is saying, oh, no, I don't, I don't feel comfortable talking with them. I don't really want to do that. Uh, uh, gee, I think it'd be better for me. I'll do that tomorrow. Uh, right now, I think I'm just going to take a break and do, or I need to get my laundry done. You know, so there's excuses and things that get in the way. So you, you can start to actually do your own inner research. So think of a time when you were resistant and reluctant because you really just uh, didn't feel good about that. Just didn't feel really like healthy choice for you in that moment versus the resistance and reluctance that it's going to be uncomfortable, mm. right? Uncomfortable to talk to the stranger. Do you, do you see? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there, there are, when we start to really pay attention to, does it feel loving? Does it feel unloving? What's your motivation? Start to really become present to what's actually happening in this moment. Then what happens is the confusion clears and you can really see this is the loving choice. This is the unloving choice. Mm-hmm. And also to be willing in the moment to um, uh, say to your higher self, to your guardian angel, I, 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 I truly wish to see the loving choice here or the most loving choice. Uh, I'd like to see it. I'd like to feel it. I'd like to clearly identify it. It's, it's when you really move into that space where it's your passion is to live the love, then you really start to become attuned to the difference. Mm-hmm. Rosalind, do you want to share something? Uh, yes, because I had a great example today that I was sharing with my partner just now um, of what you're saying. Um, I had been away for more than two weeks. And so today was my first day that I wasn't with my husband 24-7. And so I had this big idea. It was quite loud. Okay, you're going to get back to exercise today. And it felt good. It felt good. I, I didn't question that voice. But then when I did have my first day, minute by minute, it seemed like I was checking in with Holy Spirit. What would you have me do now? What would you have me do now? And it never was exercise. The whole day passed. And it was always something much quieter, but it was always something other than exercise. And then at the end of the day, I went, it's getting to be toward my end of the day. It was like, hmm, I didn't exercise. And then it was like, No, that was the voice of the ego that said I should because I haven't exercised, but that had nothing to do with the direction of my day. And it was a very different tone that said, you're going to exercise today now that I reviewed it. But minute by minute, I trusted that other guidance. And huh, it didn't turn out the way the big voice said. Oh, well, who who was it that said that? Okay, it's clear. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, see, the, the, the ego has a big, loud voice, and the spirit has a still, small voice. Yeah. A different tone. Very different tone, yeah. Mm. 
Thank you. Yeah, thank you for the question, Raquel. Mm. All right. Let us pray. And uh, a final thought for you all is to uh, be aware that um, the, what came to you in the class today, uh, whatever those memories were, don't just forget about them. Give yourself an opportunity to sit and think about them. Really allow yourself to experience on a, a vibrational level, a feeling level, a contemplative level, so that you begin to so clearly recognize these different options and choices. Uh, because that's moving it out of the head and into the heart. And that's the thing that's healing. And that is the thing that the ego will say, oh, the much more important for you to empty the dishwasher. Much more important. But, you know, how many times have you emptied the dishwasher and it, it, it brought more love into your life and you, you just felt these waves of joy and ecstasy from emptying the dishwasher? Do you know? Um, but you could, you could contemplate while you empty the dishwasher. You know, we can become masterful that way. Um, it's like the, I've been doing a lot of gardening and um, I was listening to an audio book over the weekend. But there were times when I thought, no, I'm going to go spend two hours in the garden. I just want to listen to the garden and not listen to an audio book. So it's uh, where we're finding our ability to really hear that still small voice and be awake to the, the present moment because that's where the healing is. It's in our loving heart in the present moment. All right, so let's pray. So we take this breath together, so grateful and so thankful that we are healing together. We're giving ourselves this gift of transformation. We're giving ourselves this gift of letting go of recreating and revisiting the past again and again and again, and moving into the experience of the fullness of love all the time. So we're giving all the heavy lifting to the Holy Spirit to the higher self, to the guardian angel, to the divine self, the divine being that we already are. So grateful and thankful to recognize our perfection is revealing itself, our wholeness is revealing itself. We're, we're giving up all the limited thoughts and ideas. We're giving up placing our trust in the ego. We're giving up playing small. We are grateful and thankful to place our full trust in faith, the full load with the higher Holy Spirit self, with God, with love. We're grateful and thankful to allow ourselves to be led and guided all the way. In gratitude, sharing the benefits with all, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Yeah. I love you. Great class. Great rest of the week to everyone. <laughs> love to see you all waving. Whee! <laughs>